This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Shauna, who during her near-death experience saw her grandfather on the other side, which today we're going to learn about and more. Shauna, thank you for joining me and welcome. Thank you. Well, Shauna, let's start on the day that your accident happened and go from there. It was Christmas Eve morning on 2003. Um, I was driving a backcountry highway and I was going around a steep curve and it was covered in black ice. It threw my car into an embankment and up a hill. And I went through a plank wood fence. The, the wood went through the metal of the car and went through the glass and went through me. <laughs> That's how this happened and this and that. Um, I rode down a hill. It was pretty steep and magically my car stalled out like a foot from hitting a massive tree head on. Um, they estimated I had been there for at least an hour before anybody found me. Um, it's kind of hard to, to talk about this. Um, I don't have no actual memory, just what I'm told. Um, they said that I died the first time when they was loading me onto the helicopter to airlift me to Louisville, University of Louisville Hospital. Um, they gave my family the worst readings ever, said that they didn't think I was gonna make it through the night um, to expect the worst. Um, I, was in a, I was in a coma immediately. Uh, <laughs> just a lot to, to share. Uh, that broke my maxillary bone in six places. They had it bonded together with metal, shattered my mandible. I broke my C1, shattered my C2, and they had a few C3 through C6. Broke both clavicles. The left lung collapsed. I had a massive um, CVA stroke. When they took me in to do surgery on Christmas morning, that was the second time that I died. Um, don't really know what else to say about it. Um, a lot. Twelve days seemed like five minutes to me. <laughs> um, I woke up and I'd start talking weird to everybody. Told them that I seen my papa. That. My mama was there and my dog that died a month prior saved my life from drowning. And they, they associated that with the lungs collapsing from the blood clots and stuff. Um, Papa just told me that I had to go back home, that I did what I'm sent here to do, but I had a new task. That 
I was needed here. I don't know what I did great or anything like that. All I did was work and go to school. Uh, it's crazy. These, all the visions that I had of previous lives and future glimpses of events that sounds crazy to talk about because a lot of them seem unrealistic, unreasonable, and like a fairy tale, um, especially the person that was in the dream with me, or was what, that's what it felt like to me, dreams, not just visions, but, but it's, it's hard to explain unless you have them too, and you know what I'm talking about, where the dreams feel like you're actually there and you can smell everything, you can touch everything, you, you can just feel it. And you know it's a vision. <laughs> a lot of people just say, oh, it's just a dream, you know. It, it's not real, it's not, you know. But I've had them all my life and they've gotten worse since the accident, if that makes any sense. Um, it's like an everyday occurrence where I get them more and more and they're intense and it's like it's telling me that I need to be there and do that and it's just hard <laughs> but and I still get it sounds crazy to talk about it out loud my my papa he still visits me in my dreams like says he's there to check on me I don't know. It, it's it's hard to explain, and like would look at you like you're like you're crazy when you talk about that. Seeing people who passed away a long time ago, and I did. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> well, Shanna, you're definitely not crazy, <laughs> and we thank you for sharing your experience with us. When you saw your grandfather on the other side, what age did he appear as? He looked as young as he did when I was a kid. He, he looked so healthy and happy. And I don't remember him ever looking that happy. And he was, he was overweight. He was an alcoholic. And... He was always laughing and stuff, but you you can tell when someone's not happy, even with their laughing. And I may have been a kid, but I, I could still see it. And he, he looked totally different. He looked more alive and more vibrant. Uh, healthy. Just, he was very happy and just, I don't know. <laughs> Papa Garland was everything to me when I was a little. He was my my hero. When he still visits you today, does he still appear that way? Yes. He still appears that way. Very happy and just wanting me to follow my dreams and get there. I just don't know how to get there. <laughs> What's interesting is where is there? What do you mean about get there? Uh, well, Mostly a dream about family. 
that's a big thing to me. Family is the most important thing in life. And it's hard to explain because I, I have four degrees and can't do nothing with them now. And art was a huge part of my life. And I can't do nothing with that anymore because of corporal tunnel on both hands and they did surgery and I still have the craziness afterwards. And um, oh, it's just, it's, it's a lot to explain. What do you mean the craziness afterwards? From everything that I broke, technically I'm not supposed to be alive. And you're, you have a chiropractor, so you, you, you know what I'm talking about. I was in radiology and the break of C1 alone, I'm supposed to be paralyzed for life or dead instantly. And I'm neither one. I'm partially paralyzed on the right side, but you'd never know it by looking at me. Yeah, I was thinking when you were telling me about all your injuries that it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's like yeah. a, it's like a miracle or you were really meant to come back and you were divinely healed. Yeah, it, it's 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 insane, <laughs> especially I tried going back to school. I was trying to go for my doctorates in radiology and the professors and everybody just thought that that was the craziest thing in the world because I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> and it was hard. Uh, the more it seemed like the more I did, the worse I got with the partial polarisis on the right side. And so I just made going to the gym and nutrition my number one goals in life. <laughs> and that's another factor altogether too, because that's part of my goals and my dreams. And I did everything. I got to my breaking point after the accident, I had gained so much weight. It was unreal and it just made my diabetes and that it made everything worse. And I couldn't handle it no more. And I just, from one of Papa's dreams to me, I woke up one morning and said, that's enough's enough. And I started going to the gym every day and changed everything with my, with my nutrition. I followed my own path and then I, I went from 396 pounds down to now I'm 136. That's amazing. And I just keep on following through and doing everything like I can. Just accomplishing one dream at a time. <laughs> Maybe your new mission here is to inspire people. I hope so. Not only I'd love to do that. Not only from losing all that weight, but just how you're able to continue on with life after such a massive tragedy that you suffered. Yes, that's what that's what my brother said to me. He said that I was his superhero. Um, <laughs> but nothing ever stops me. Nothing ever gets me down. And he doesn't. He didn't know. I'm sorry. He he just passed away and at the end of January, and it's still hard to talk about him.
but he uh he said that nothing ever stopped me and he he didn't know how i did it that i was the strongest woman he ever met did you also see your grandmother on the other side yes my, my grandma yeah this was during the nde yes did she speak with you as well she she was just with papa and she said they was telling me I, that they loved me and they like brushed like my cheek like like that like that i guess from where i had the injury and when they did that i had all i had the visions and that was when i woke up can you tell us about some of the past lives that you saw? Just the past lives where I keep on running into the same man over and over. Different scenarios, different situations. Who is that and man? Yeah, that's the crazy part. It seems unrealistic and <laughs> unreal. Um but I've dreamt about him since I was seven years old. And like after the accident, they've increased tenfold and it's, they've gotten worse over the past six years. And it's a daily occurrence in my dreams. And I don't know how to contact him. And I don't, uh, it's hard to describe. I'm contacted daily by him. And it, most of the time it's by scammers or wannabes, <laughs> jealousy of him. And I don't want to say his name because it seems unrealistic. Okay. Unrealistic for me <laughs> to say his name because people say that I'm, it's just a dream, you know, that it, He's never going to see me, never going to know I'm alive, never going to know I'm real. So it is what it is. Now, you also saw future lives as well? Yes. Can you tell us about some of those? Well, it, was, it wasn't so much as lives. It was like glimpses of what was to come. And I seen my daughter come. And I, see, I keep getting visions of about a wedding. Um, the daughter, they said I would never be able to have kids after my accident, that um, it would it would kill me and probably the baby too to go full term. But 13 years later, I did have it come true. That's how she got her name, Zoe Faith, after the goddess of life. And you got to have faith to get through life. Um, they told me I was pregnant and I thought they were telling me, you know, stories and stuff. I said, did you mix it up with somebody else's? <laughs> There's no way I can be pregnant. You, you all said I would never get pregnant. And if I did, I would, it would kill me. So it was, it was just crazy. <laughs> I was 43 years old being pregnant. <laughs> That's fantastic. So were you seeing your daughter in visions before she was even born? Yes. Yes. I've seen her in visions on the day of the accident um, or during the 
all that trauma being in the coma, um, I kept on saying that I was going to have a daughter. <laughs> and everybody just thought, no, that's never going to happen. And I just gave up. And I kept on saying, that was all I wanted in life was a family, <laughs> a family of my own. Like I said, it's important to me, family. And just, I was at my lowest point and thought that it was never going to happen. And I didn't understand why Papa would send me back if I couldn't even have a family. Well, maybe that was your task. Um, I don't know. It, she keeps me going. <laughs> She's definitely uh, a character. <laughs> She's got visions of her own and she says she's I don't know since the day she could talk all she's wanted to do is be a WWE diva uh play her guitar sing says she wants to be on TV or be a police officer she's got it figured out and is only seven years old when you first came back were you telling your friends and family that you saw your grandfather on the other side? And if so, how did they react? Yes, they they thought it was the medication. Everybody said, oh, it's just the medication talking. And I'm like, no, it's not the medication. And the doctors, told, you know, they just, they said a lot of patients do that. Talk about seeing loved ones who have passed when they, when they come out of the uh, coma state. And my mom believes me. Is she says it's part of part of our blood that you know my visions and stuff is part of the blood of our blood that's been passed down to me, and to hold on to them, but not so much by anybody. Everybody else, everybody else is just like you're like you're crazy that. That stuff's not real. It just depends on who you talk to. When you were speaking with your grandparents, was it a telepathic conversation? I saw the lips moving, so I don't know if it was telepathic or, or not. It seemed that he seemed to know what I was thinking before, before I could even ask the questions. That's why he said it, that I had to go back. And... He said that I was, that I had accomplished what I was sent to do, which to me, I didn't accomplish anything. All I did was go to school and go to work. I, I didn't have a family. And to me, that was my biggest goal, family. And still working on part of that. <laughs> what was the environment like? It was beautiful. It was like being in a, in the country somewhere, um, green all around. I said, uh, I come up out of the water. It, to me, that's what it was. It was me coming up out of water with my dog saving my life. <laughs> and I come up in the, and there's the surrounded in the green pasture with flowers and beautiful weeping willows everywhere. Um, it just, it felt like a dream. 
it was it was beautiful and it looked so clean and so fresh unlike anything you see here and on this planet <laughs> or on this earth right now with the, all the stuff going wrong everywhere i'm glad you mentioned your dog because i wanted to ask about that okay are you saying that a month before this accident happened you drowned and your dog pulled you out of the water no i no my dog passed away on Thanksgiving Day. Um, they said he had internal bleeding going on and they could, he couldn't be saved. His name was Buster. It was a blue healer. And he was my whole world. He, uh, he was six years old and he was so, he, was, he would never leave my side. He was like my little protector. And um, I just remember him vividly saving, rescuing me from drowning. And, and I talked about him when I come when I woke up, and it took them nearly two weeks to tell me because I wanted to go home and see my Buster. I, I totally had the memory of him dying wiped out of, of my memory. And they finally had to tell me that he had passed away, that he had died on Thanksgiving. And that really, really took a lot of shocking to me. Sorry, my daughter's here now. Say hi. Hello. <laughs> so what I'm understanding is that when you came conscious during your NDE, it, yes. was, it was as if the dog pulled you out of the water. Yes. And then you saw your grandparents. Yes. Now, you mentioned that you had blood clots in your lungs. How yes. Did, uh, can you go, can you expand on that? My left one, my left lung collapsed. And they said that I had multiple blood clots throughout my entire body. That, um. The doctor said from where it had tore part of my lung that it had filled with blood from all the, <laughs> it's hard to describe. A plank wood fence went through my chest, literally. And blood went everywhere. How does the dog pulling you out of the water relate to your blood clots? The doctor said that that's probably what I associated with the, my lungs collapsing on me because mm. they filled up with blood and that's where I was getting the water from because that's what people, when they drown, they tend to get the water in their lungs. So they, that's how they said it. I probably associated with that. A lot of times near-death experiencers will say that the other side is more real than here and here is the dream. But it, it sounds like you're saying that that side was dreamlike. Yeah, it, to me it felt dreamlike because everything was perfect. And our world is far from perfect. Do you fear death at all? It's hard to describe that one. <laughs> um, I think... Death would be more peaceful because 
you don't have to worry about all the trouble that we associate with in real life. <laughs> um, and we would be home. We would be with family. We would be with people who love us and unconditional love that won't be expecting us to have bukus of money or put money above you or anything like that. It's, it's hard to explain. Um, just here, everybody's out to get themselves. Or my experience anyways. Everyone's out for themselves and tend to forget about common courtesy and things like that, or being nice to one another. You're supposed to lo love the neighbor and people don't. To me, I think that the afterlife would be better. Is To me, it seemed like it had, <laughs> they don't have the same issues there. That's what I gathered from my experience. A lot of times, near-death experiencers will feel this overwhelming amount of love on the other side. Yes. Did you feel anything like that? Yes, from my grandma and my papa, yeah. I felt that way. And it was... It was hard. Or That's what I tell my family, it was hard. Because it's just, like I said, they brushed my cheek and... All the visions passed and I woke up and it just, what was 12 days here felt like five seconds there. And I, I wanted to, to ask more questions that find out what I did that was so great <laughs> because I, I didn't do nothing that I know of that was great. Just like I said, all I did was go to work and school, I was trying to get my PhD in radiology and trying to achieve everything. What inspires you about your NDE? That I'm still here. Um, second chance at life and take advantage of every single day and every single moment you get because you don't know when the last one's gonna come. And so many things have happened and bad and good along the way, but mostly my daughter and I cherish her every day. Me and her do everything together. She's like my little best friend. <laughs> Just take advantage of every second. Don't waste it. And don't worry about the trauma or negative, negative people. Just stay away from them. Concentrate on your goals and your achievements and keep your family close. Do you feel like you're still processing this NDE? That's an everyday thing, yeah. I'm still trying to figure it out. It's, it's hard. It's not like you were telling me earlier about the nine years and it's going on 20 years for me and it still feels unexplainable. It's still a lot to process. How has your life changed since your NDE? I've gone from, I said, I was in school and working. I was in a 12-year relationship. And 
to me, my family and everybody thought that I had everything in the world, um, <laughs> had over 3,000 acres and lived in a big farmhouse and had everything practically, 18 horses, eight dogs, four cats, but still had no family and I wanted things that he didn't. So we just parted and three years later, I ended up having my daughter and he was with me during the accident. And he was my, he was a savior. <laughs> he, he did all the stuff. He did everything. He just, I can't say no bad about him. He, he just, we just didn't want the same things in life. He didn't want a family. He didn't, he didn't want that. Um, and of course I did. I, I said, family means a lot to me. And I kept on saying that she was coming. <laughs> so I don't know. I <laughs> don't know how to explain that. I just, I went from having everything to having nothing. <laughs> did you get any new abilities after your NDE that you didn't have prior? Not that I'm aware of. Uh, not that I know of. I know that my visions increased. Like I said, uh, I was getting them since I was seven years old. And then when the accident happened when I was 30, they started increasing in the past six years. It's been nonstop. It's been every single day, but it's, it's hard to explain. It's, that's the only thing that's changed. At any point after your NDE, did you ever think why me? Constantly. And I still do today. Sometimes I, I ask, I don't know how to say that. I ask myself that every day. It's like, why me? It, it's it's hard to explain. Um, I still wish I could know that answer. <laughs> um, just like I said, you got to take it day by day, and you got to put that smile on. You got to keep marching forward. Otherwise, you fall into the cracks and. You get lost. I've done been, been that way a few times and it's not a place to be and you don't want to do it. And just got to pick yourself up <laughs> and keep going. There's too many positive things in this life. Let it go to waste. Family, love, and home. Those are the most important things to me. And... I don't stay positive. What's my daughter going to be like? I'm trying to give her that example. It's hard and we have our moments, but we deal with it and communicate, which is a big factor in any kind of relationship. Without communication, you have nothing. And I said, I don't, I just got to, have a little faith. Is there anything that you find about your NDE to be shocking or surprising? 
just the, all the stuff that happened, like we talked about, the, the break of C1 alone, I'm still trying to process that one. The, I went to school for radiology, so I know that there's only two outcomes. Either you die instantly or you could be paralyzed for life. I mean, that's the atlas of your body. And I'm still trying to figure that one out, uh, how I'm doing what I'm doing every day. And I feel the repercussions. My whole right side feels like when your legs fall asleep. But I don't let it stop me. And I continue taking my butt to the gym every day or going for walks every day, doing something. I just because I'm scared that if I stop, I'll just get my, I will give up. And I'll be there. I will be, you know, like the other people when they go through what I've gone through, they just lay there and just listen to the doctors and give up. I, I don't, I refuse to do that. I, I'm, there's more to life. <laughs> After watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions. Are you open to that? Yes. What's the best way for them to reach you? I'm on Facebook, Shana and Zoe, Shana and Zoe, or I'm on Instagram, is Shana Shanks, and that's the only ways I get a hold of people. <laughs> Before we finish up, can you give us one last positive message? You just got to breathe. <laughs> Relax, take each day for, for what it is and don't never give up, never. You give up and you fall into what system, you know, society does today. They, they give up and they, they waste away. And I refuse to do that. And that's, Mostly why I talk about, you know, Papa coming to me with the visions and I changed my life around and stopped, uh, stopped giving it, feeling sorry for myself and started doing something about it. But you got to. Otherwise, like I said, you go down the wrong path and it can lead to other things and Life is too precious. You, you don't have to have money to do everything. You just got to be yourself. Shanna, thank you for that message. And thank You're you welcome. for being my guest. Thank you. It was great to be on here. It was great to have you. <laughs> Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.